Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the Drew Barrymore Show podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the app today. This spring, if you'd rather spend time enjoying your lawn instead of trying to keep it alive, there's good news. True Green is the easiest and most affordable way to get a beautiful lawn. All you have to do is water and mow, and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and even some things you might not even think of. They'll do all of it, while you can do literally anything else. With True Green, you can have your lawn looking as good as a putting green. That's not hyperbole. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. True Green offers a satisfaction guarantee, and they have a verified best price promise, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people guaranteed. This episode is brought in part to you by Audible, your go-to destination for thrilling audio entertainment. Whether you're looking for a hair-raising experience to enjoy while you're on the move or eager to dive into sinister and shocking tales, Audible has an exclusive collection of thrillers from best-selling authors that will keep you on the edge of your seat. Like James Patterson's first audio-only thriller, The Coldest Case. Experience stories like never before, where every chilling detail is brought to life by captivating sound design. Plus, as an Audible member, choose one title a month to make yours forever. And now, new members can try Audible free for 30 days. Just visit audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. That's audible.com slash WonderyPod or text WonderyPod to 500-500. It changed my life. I had someone teach me a few years ago, and all of a sudden it's like, everyone's like, oh, you make the best eggs, and it's like, because the heat's not low. It's, I, I really do make, like, the most disgusting eggs for my daughters, and I just, but I don't know if they would like the soft scramble. Yeah, it's, it's a, a little artisanal. It's a little sophisticated <laughs> for them, but all right, here we go. Welcome to the Drew's News Podcast, where we're giving you all the fun news, all the quirky, inspiring, and yes, informative stories that exist in the world because we need them. And today we're covering everything from Dolly Parton's bombshell announcement to Jason Momoa's butt. I had to just say butt like that because I got so excited. Um, And this week we have a fellow podcast host and writer who has been in every cool established publication out there. From GQ to Oprah Magazine to Rolling Stone, it's someone I personally have followed since I believe you started on social media. It's Evan Ross Katz. Thank you so much. I am just really excited that we're going to be discussing Jason Momoa's butt. I feel like it's important. You know, I'm actually going to need a reference on that picture because I haven't <laughs> oh. seen it yet. Uh, do we have a photo of we it? We have a photo. Okay, of good. It. Okay. Um, and I'm <laughs> bummed I missed that on social media. Okay. Evan, your podcast, uh, Shut Up Evan, focuses on one person um, of note per episode. Is there someone who you haven't gotten to work with yet that is a dream guest for you? So the obvious answer would be Kim Cattrall, because I feel like she doesn't give a ton of interviews, and yep. obviously there's a lot to discuss. i dying to crack that one. But like I don't think I would get there with her, so the person that I've been thinking about lately is Anne-Margaret, um, just because I just rewatched. Uh, is it Cat on a Whip? Yes. Wait, no, Cat, Kitten with a Whip. 
Yeah. Her film Kitten with the Whip. I just rewatched it and then I'm Wikipediaing her and I'm like, oh my God, she's still alive. And I was like, I just think that to talk to someone who's been a part of Hollywood for decades and decades in the studio system like that, she just must have so many incredible stories. But I also want to find out like, what does she make of this 2022 Hollywood? I it's so weird that you would mention her name because I was just ruminating about Anne Margaret all day yesterday. This is so freaky. I remember her like in Bye Bye Birdie with the pink halter top or crop top. Mm -hmm. And I kept thinking about how Anne Margaret, what did people think when she came out in those black tights Mm -hmm. and nothing but a pair of tights with like basically no bottom. And she sort of was such a rule breaker. And you think about her in Bye Bye Birdie or with Elvis and, you know, all of these. And she was so beautiful and talented and interesting. So weird you would say that. Well, it's interesting, too, because the role in Kitten with the Whip, I mean, she plays an assassin, and it's just so fun that I think she was like 23, 24 at the time. She had just come off of Viva Las Vegas and Bye Bye Birdie. And it's just like, this is where she chose to go. Like, she was just someone who took on really exciting projects from such a young age, and I just think she's got stories, and I want to hear from her. Shall we hit some headlines? We must. All right. It is Drew's news, after all, which feels weird to say my name, but it's got the word news in it, and that's the point. Yeah. All right. Story number one. Let's start with some casting news straight from Variety, a very important Hollywood, uh, you know, what do you call it? Industry trade paper. Yeah, trade publication. There you go. Okay, perfect. (laughs) Jeff Goldblum is in final talks to join the film adaptation of Wicked as the wizard. Ariana Grande is playing Glinda and Cynthia Erivo is playing Alphaba. Thoughts uh, on Jeff as the great and powerful, I would say Oz, but yeah, it's Oz. Yeah, he's the great and powerful. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm excited. I just need things to move along. So Wicked first opened on Broadway in 2003. Uh, As people listening to this podcast know, it's currently 2022. It's been 19 years. It was a hit from the get-go. It's an IP. People know The Wizard of Oz. So there's already that, you know, no barrier to entry there. You don't have to see the show. We have these two superstars cast in the movie. We're in rehearsals right now in London. Why are we still in the casting phase of this movie? We need to move things along. It's weird that you said that because when I heard it, I thought, wait, isn't the movie done? Um, But I guess that is the sign of a real anticipated movie Mm -hmm. because it's true. It's been being spoken about for so long that in your mind it's about to come out, not about to be made. Um, I love Jeff Goldblum. I do think that he will come to play. And that's a juicy part, and I want to see someone, like, in the best way, go for it, ham it up. He's got the body to do it. He's got the body language. He's got the sense of humor. He's got the odd delivery. Everything about him, he's handsome, but, like, and and debonair and suave, but also leaves a little bit of, like, kind Mm. of mystery, intrigue, and sense of danger. Like, he's perfect. Totally. I think that... 
get him to London on the next flight out right now, get these rehearsals going, get this film made. I'm also, concerns not the word, but they're dividing the film into two parts, right? They're releasing part one, and then they're releasing a year later part two. And I just feel like I'm going to see part one. It's going to end with Defying Gravity. For those that don't know, it's the big closing number to act one of the show. If you don't know it, you should know it. It's a great song. Is it where intermission is? Yeah, it's right before intermission. There you and go. Then, but instead of a 15-minute intermission, we're going to have to wait a year. And so I just, I say bring back the film intermission. You know, back in the day. Oh, of course. Yeah. And it's like, hey, give us 15 minutes, go pee, fill up your popcorn, and let's get to act two. I don't need a year in between these movies. Interesting marketing plan, though. Kind of a, you know, first to bat with uh, something like that. I'm trying to think of other films that have done that. Well, so Kill Bill was famously supposed to be one film and then was divided into two. But I feel like, I have to imagine, I don't know this for a fact, I have to imagine they went in and retooled what would have been the back half of the first film to make it a more complete film, which might happen with Wicked. Steven Schwartz is very much alive. So, hey, you know, we'll be talking in a few years and I'm going to be like, thank God it's two movies. But right now, I'm just like, I want this movie so bad, I don't want to have to keep waiting. So, Jeff Goldblum, again, fly him out, get the rest of this cast in Mm -hmm. order, cameras up, let's go. All right, I didn't know that they were separating it into two movies a la Kill Bill, which how far apart did Kill Bill 1 and 2 come out from each other? I think one year. Okay, well, that worked for me. Yeah, no, that totally worked. Um, I just went to bed to Kill Bill 2 the other night. Um, not a bedtime tale. Not so much, no. Nope, yeah. but I loved it. Okay, our next topic. Former child star Raven Simone is finally feeling comfortable in her own skin, saying, quote, I have a lot more control over how I present myself. Up until my late 20s, there were people telling me how I should look, and it was just easier to be told what to do. But now that I'm feeling empowered by the new generation of just be yourself on camera and my own self really marinating in my own juices and understanding who I am and who I feel comfortable being, I'm able to present how I feel as Raven Simone, the entertainer. Um, okay, interesting. That's, uh, you know. Marinating in her own juices. That's, I love to marinate in my own juices. Yeah. We should all marinate in our own juices a okay. little more than like <laughs> speaking before we should, if you know what I mean. How many times have I just said, oh, God, why didn't I take a breath? Why didn't I marinate in your juices? I was going to say you got to marinate in your juices. Exactly. Let's soak it up. Let's cool out for a minute. <laughs> yeah. Um, what do you think of someone who, again, you were talking about Anne Margaret and the studio system, mm. Raven Simone was brought up very much in the modern era version of that. Um, what do you think of someone who says, I want autonomy. I know who I am now. I'm of an age where I'm not interested in people telling me who I should be or what I should do. This is my time you do it's you have that weird like it's not a dress rehearsal not even to do a showbiz term but just a lot of therapists out there a lot of adults a lot of people with experience would say like you get one crack at this and you know so you have to do it in a way that feels right for you I would also say to that same person I don't know when it feels right for an individual. It's so different based on life experiences. Um, It's interesting. I I never ask someone their age. I think it won't really tell me much about them because people's life experience, 
throw those numbers into such higgledy-piggledy. I've met young people who are incredibly wise and soulful and admirable. And I've met older people who I just think, oh, my God, you're so unevolved and I fear for you. So I I don't know. Well, it's like where are you at in the self-actualization process, which is very much a process. And, you know, it will continue on until the end of your life, even for many. I find this to be interesting because Raven is someone who's in her 30s. So came up at a time before social media Mm -hmm. when, as she's pointing out with this quote, she was not able to have any hand in telling her story. The story was told by others, and also under the Disney banner, which is like, you know, they're really, they have a, uh, they mold you to be a certain kind of star that they want you to be, and she fell under that. It's tragic, the statistics of how hard it is to make it out alive and well from being a child actor. And that's been since day one. And that was all through television shows in the 70s. And so I, I think... When I look at my kids and I just think of the access and the bizarre nature of doing too much too soon, the only thing that freaks me out more is the current world. Yeah. Because kids have access to too much and they just – it's all there. It's interesting because you have these stars. I mean, Selena Gomez has talked about this in the past. I know Christina Aguilera just did um, a Vogue Life and Looks video in which she talked about the way that when she first released her album, her image was crafted for her. And then she had her second album in which she was kind of able to break out and be herself. So it's interesting seeing this Raven quote because it almost feels familiar at this point. This quote of, I had to be a certain way for so long. I was told how I needed to be. And when I entered into adulthood, I found this this voice within me uh, that allowed me to be who I am. Or I freed myself yeah. from whatever circumstance I'd been put into. I think the strange thing is how normal reading stories like Raven's has become. And I think one thing people like me, people that are not in the industry, are becoming more keen to is how much uh, these images are often, not always, crafted by studios, by managers, by agents, by insidious forces that come in and say, you need to be this way or look this way in order to succeed. It's what keeps so many actors in the closet is being told, yep. if you are out, if you are openly LGBTQ+, that is going to hinder your career. Yes. So don't be who you are because you'll work more, you'll make money more by suppressing who you are. And the implications that that's going to have on a person's life outside of just their career, that's going to stay with you. And it takes a long time to really figure yourself out. And I think you said it best, too. I think you'll probably be doing it until the day we move on to wherever we go. Right. We are all works in progress. And never are we ever going to totally have all the answers. I just hope that we will figure a lot of things out along Along the way. way. Yeah. And it's interesting, too, in Raven's perspective, because it's like she had this first part of her life in which she was told to be a certain way. And this is all pre-social media. Then she becomes an adult. The self-actualization process begins to take shape. And then social media comes into it, right? Which, on the one hand, good. Finally, she has the autonomy to tell her own story. But on the other hand, the pressures that social media bring about, they rear their head. And so suddenly, she's able to be herself without being told who she needs to be. But the pressures from all around her, from other forces, they come along. Also, to all parents out there, these cautionary, like, industry tales, all 
the kids in the world are now exposed and at risk due to social media. There's so much good that comes from social media. There are platforms and creative outlets and discovery and knowledge and you know, revolutions. There's everything possible on social media, but as the polarity of every side of two coins, it has the other. Yeah, well said. Well, I just never knew I'd be contending with this as a parent. It's so ironic and karma hilarious. Okay, everybody, we have to take a quick break and then we will be right back. What makes a life a good one? Is it the adventure you have? Or the friends you find along the way? Maybe it's pursuing your passion while striving to protect, defend, and save what you believe in every single day. So, what makes a life a good one? In the Coast Guard, we think it's all of the above and more. But you'll have to find out for yourself. Visit GoCoastGuard.com to learn more. Ah. The comfort of your favorite seat is now your comfy car-selling command center, thanks to Carvana. It doesn't get any better than this. Your favorite seat's the best spot in the house. Make it even better by entering your license plate or VIN and getting a real offer in minutes. There really is no place like home. And speaking of home, Carvana will pick up your car from yours after you finalize your offer. Visit Carvana.com or download the app and sell your car from your comfy place. And we're back. Okay, our third story. Dolly Parton. Oh, any Dolly story is a good story. Mm -hmm. She drops a huge announcement. She told Paul Starr, quote, I do not think I will ever tour again, but I do know I'll do special shows here and there now and then. Maybe do a long weekend of shows or even just a few shows at a festival. But I have no intention of going on a full-blown tour ever again. Evan thoughts. Well, ever heard of something called Cher's Farewell Tour? I think Barbara Streisand had some too. There you go. So I understand that she might feel this way at this time and she might feel this way wholeheartedly, but I have to believe, and maybe maybe it's more I want to believe than I have to believe, mm-hmm. but I want to believe that we will see more of Dolly on the stage. That said, if she never does another tour again, I recognize how much she has given our culture, and I will be grateful for it. Um, But I'm hopeful that she, this is where she's at right now. And as we were saying earlier, as we grow, we evolve. And she might evolve and feel differently in a few months or a few years. She also might be lived her life and wise and know herself as well as we hoped everyone would know themselves. And you know what's funny to me is how much Vegas has come full circle. Mm. Like, it started out as this brilliant cachet, rat pack riddled, you know, and I'm sure people would talk about mafia and gangsters and, like, the, un- the again, the polarity, the other side of the coin. But Vegas went from being this, like, real class act, you know, A-level, first-rate, um, iconic entertainer, and then really changed for a few decades and sort of went all higgledy-piggledy and hedonistic and fun. And it's really back to you can see Adele. You yeah. can see Katy Perry. Yeah. You can see Gwen Stefani. You can – this is Celine Dion. I could see – and Lady Gaga. Like, you name it. These, these people that have these now called residencies mm-hmm. – 
I love that it's the not fatigue travel aspect of a tour, but the enjoyment of I stay in the same place you guys come and go. You come to me. And if Dolly Parton ever did a Vegas residency, they would not be able to keep tickets at the box office. That thing would just sell out every single show she would ever do. Well, and the great thing about these residencies, too, is there's no expectation around how many shows they give. Yes. So Gaga, for instance, was able to go and do A Star is Born or House of Gucci while maintaining her residency without people being like, wait, where'd you go? Because it's like, no, 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 I'll be back. There are dates on the calendar here. So I think there's also an understanding from the audience of when they're here, they'll be here. You'll get the notification and you can book your ticket accordingly. Exactly. I will say, counterpoint to, I'm all for it. Point, counterpoint, love <laughs> point, it. Point, counterpoint. I do feel like maybe like a few too many artists are going to Vegas at this point where the pendulum might have swung too far in the other direction where I could use a little bit more curation mm. around who's going to Vegas. Even just if be- Adele? That's different. Does it get any bigger than Adele? Oh, no, and I'm all about, so yes, here for Adele, but it just seems like, everyone's going to Vegas these days, and I'm a big fan of a traditional stadium tour. Mm -hmm. In the case of Adali, I get it. She's worked her whole life. They can come to her. Some of these artists, though, as someone who was born and raised in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, and appreciated when a really big artist would come to my town, there is something that I feel like we need a little bit of both. I do appreciate the going to a town. I just went to like my first concert in a very long time. I went to the Harry Styles concert. And I went in, and um, not to drop a name, but Gail King invited me, and I was like, Gail, anything you say, anytime you say it. So sure, I'll go. I was like almost a little frustrated with people's idolatry of the experience. I was like, I get it. I know it's more than a show. I almost went in with like a chip on my shoulder. I was like, please, don't sell me on this anymore. I get it. Yeah. It ends, and I'm like, oh, my God, I am so converted. Oh, wow. I, I didn't know we were going that. Okay. In the Church of Harry Styles. Wow. I already loved him going in, but it was more about how people just really did not feel that his concert was a concert, but sort of a um, like a coming together of good energy and a celebration of life. It was more than a concert. And I just walked out with my jaw on the floor thinking, well, I'm a sucker and an idiot for not believing everybody's insanity. I could not have loved it more. And I get excited when I see people on social media going to his show in an Austin, Texas, or a Los Angeles, because that show is traveling. And he's doing something very rare, which is staying in the places for these long periods of time and maybe bringing out a new art form to how people tour. Yes. It's something that's not talked about a ton, which is like the accessibility of these artists. I mean, Taylor Swift just announced her tour this week, and I looked at the dates. I think they're 2025, and my immediate, like this dread set in of knowing there's no way I'm going to get a ticket because it's going to sell out in an instant. And with Harry, especially, I think in Chicago, he did something like eight or 10 shows. It allows people, not only locals, but people to come from the outskirts of Chicago, et cetera, to come and actually have a chance of seeing these artists. And as someone whose life was radically transformed through attending theater as a kid and going to these concerts, it's deeply important that these artists do outreach beyond just the big cities. And so as excited as I am about Taylor's tour, of course, and I mentioned her because she has a similar sort of like that fandom that's very fervent. 
there's an inaccessibility to someone like her, which I get it. Like, I'm not saying every artist needs to do this, but I like a long, lengthy, multi-city, take it to the small towns tour. I hear you. I woke up this morning um, to CNN who kicked off their new morning series this morning. And it's fascinating. They have like a CBS Mornings GMA Today show with Don Lemon and Caitlin Collins. And it's a panel. And it was really exciting. And I was like, and they were talking about it. They're like, this is our first show right here, right now. We're going to be coming to you every morning. And I was like, yeah, why didn't CNN have this format? That makes sense. And the first story I heard um, was that Taylor Swift had set a brand new record by having all ten top all top ten spots in the top ten charts. Like her, it was wild, and no woman has ever done that in the history of music. So, well, not to digress too much, but are you listening to Midnight's? I am. I really like uh, Purple Haze. No, not that Purple. Lavender Haze. Lavender Haze. That I I love how it starts off. It gets me right in um, at word go. Um, I'm really enjoying it, uh, and I'm getting to know it. Mm. The next story, Charlie Puth says queer people dancing to Madonna at a gay club inspired him to make better music. Puth recently released the single Loser and told GQ he'd been working on the track but was only half happy with it. When he drove past the iconic gay clubs Pump and The Abbey, Quote, everybody was out dancing to something that's not being played on the radio. And I think the LGBTQ plus culture is so ahead of its time, culturally, sonically, musically, everythingly. And I was by myself and I saw everybody having a great time. And I literally heard a different song in my head. A new song was born. That's cool. Oh, thoughts. Give it to me. Come on. Well, okay. I will say I do think this is an example of a quote that like, has gotten pulled out and dissected by a lot of people that I think he probably meant this as a very passive comment. And when sort of lifted, it sort of can take on a different meaning for a lot of people when scrutinized. Have you ever had that happen when you give an interview? <laughs> I, th- this show has I know, I'm, been... sorry, I'm saying, have you ever had that no, happen? When was the last time? I, I think this show has been very uh, jarring for me because even though I have... Uh, stumbled my entire existence um, in front of everyone, I always felt like it was me, um, my responsibility, my doings. Um, So I could never really be that upset. It's like, well, you did these things. Mm -hmm. You're accountable for yourself. And I don't really think about, I don't believe other people are investing any time in me. So I've just been able to like, live um, in a way that is very, um, like, accountable. Um, This show is weird because I'll talk about something or someone else. That'll get picked up. Therefore, it includes something or someone else, and then it's not just my doing. That makes me feel uncomfortable. Like, I'm so happy being a stumbling or a mistake maker or a, a, a learner or somebody who fails, that doesn't bother me. If anyone else is upset by anything I did or said about someone else, I'm devastated because I don't ever want to hurt people or take anyone down or offend or, you know. So that has been interesting. And it's due to this show because 
that's when you're like, oh, it's a talk show. So you're going to talk all the time and then you might get caught doing X, Y, and Z. So that's a new... um, a new take on it for me. Well, I think that and as a consumer of media myself, it's like taking things out of context is often really fun, right? It's fun <laughs> to take a single quote that someone said, you know, Kyle Richards says this on the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills reunion. You take that clip and you you put it, uh, you know, with this news story or something and suddenly it's recontextualized and it's funny to a lot of people. But so it's interesting. interesting. It's in like your, sampling and rap music. Totally. But <laughs> but what you're kind of saying is, well, as the person who maybe is saying the thing that gets pulled, it's not always fun when you're in that position. I, I have just been like, I am fair game. If anyone else is involved, I just so want to keep the peace, make people feel good, make people happy, not have any weird spin on anything. Whereas if it's just me, fair game. Okay, everybody, we have to take a quick break and then we will be right back. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app today to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. CarMax is putting peace of mind back in car shopping by putting you in the driver's seat to find a ride that's right for you. Because at CarMax, we believe you shouldn't just settle for a car. You should love your car. That's why every car we sell is CarMax certified quality so you can be sure with upfront pricing that's the same for every customer. So don't settle. Find love at first drive and start shopping now at CarMax.com. CarMax, the way car buying should be. And we're back. Another casting update. Tony Danza will be playing Shay Diaz's father on season two of And Just Like That. I mean... Evan, when it comes to who's the boss, is it Tony or Che? Thoughts. This is fun. I'm just reading about this for the very first time. Oh, I'm also seeing Jason Momoa's butt, which we'll get to in a minute. We'll get to. He's fishing in the nude. (laughs) He's got the... Wow. Well, okay. I have to say this. I love mess and I love chaos And one thing that I find really exciting about, and just like that season two, besides everything about it, is the idea that they're taking this character that was pretty much universally loathed by the audience and saying, let's bring in more of them and let's build out their interior world. Let's let's show their father. Let's let's keep doing this. I have to say, I find that admirable from the writer's room. I think it's exciting, the idea of, you said you don't like this thing. Not only are we going to do it, we're going to do more of it. I'm like, I'm all for it. I didn't get why the Che character was such a hot button issue for people. I was so thrown by Miranda, yeah. who's the, like, sex in the city, every facet of one woman. Your sexual side, your business side, your romantic poetic side, Mm. you know, and you're sort of like growing Mm -hmm. up trying to figure it all out and be like, you know, living your best, wildest, funnest years. It's, It's different facets of every woman. 
But Miranda represented something so strongly for all those years that it was so wild to be like, wait, hold on, you're – but then I was like, I, you know, I wonder – I was really messy my whole life, like a hot mess. I don't know if it looked like that on the outside. Probably did here and there. I mean, for sure it did here and there. But even in my 20s and 30s, I don't think people knew, like, how much I was – really struggling because I was doing well professionally. But in my personal life, like, it was messy. It was fun and just amazing. But it was messy. And now I feel much more buttoned up. So I guess you can have real role reversals in your life. So, okay, Miranda's now the messier one. But I was like, that's funny. That's a bigger, like, wow factor to me than Che. Right. I mean, yes, we can have role reversals in life. Do we need to see those play out on the return of a beloved television series, which is beloved because of how much people feel connected to these characters? And the three women who I really thought had a spinoff within the franchise were so strong and so good. And we're juggling spinning plates of these characters are different that we know and are beloved, and we're meeting new people. We're meeting a lot of new people. And it's... It, it, and we're killing off people that we knew. Oh, my God. I mean, congratulations on getting us all talking Yeah. on episode one. Yeah. I did not see that coming. No. It, 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 it's such a wild ride, but I think it's representative of our wild world we're in, and we're all here for it. And it, you know, wrapped itself up by the end, and we're all hungry for season two. Listen, uh, last thing I'll say on this is just, with season two, bring back the sex into the universe. I feel like we were a little sexless in season one of And Just Like That. <laughs> I just have questions. <laughs> okay, this story is so good. Um, Jason Momoa fishes in a loincloth, and when that ocean breeze hits just right, he goes full moon. This video is everything. Have you seen it? I have not seen the video. I've only seen the photo, which I'm staring at right now. I have seen the video. I saved the video, but I do just want to say I'm very glad that in order to have this conversation properly, we need the visual. So I implore those listening, it's certainly Googleable. Um, it is a sight. It is a sight. It's... Dare I say exactly what I thought it would be? Yeah, it's satisfying in that sense. It's so anatomically perfect yes. for him and his body. Yeah. And he's such an extraordinary being um, that everything about this is like, yeah. Now, we're a little contextless from these videos that he shared. This just popped up on the gram. Again, loincloth, he's fishing, there's a boat. The other gentlemen are wearing clothes. Like, yeah. they're, they're fully clothed. They're in, like, I would say, newfangled, uh, you know, charter wear. Yeah, very much that. <laughs> so I, I would love additional context, but then part of me is like, do I need the context? Because all the context is in those cheeks. Um, by the way, I just want to do this here. Mm. Okay. So that was uh, Manu Nalu. I am drink, drinking Jason Momoa's water. Um, I, when we started the show, Jason Momoa's company, Manu Nalu, kindly said that they could be the official water of our show. Mm. So since this show has launched and we're in our third season, 
we have nothing but and have since day one, nothing but Manu Nalu. And it's my favorite water in the world. I'm never without this water. It's my very favorite. I find him just so appealing when he was on that Hawaiian Airlines flight, passing out the waters. Mm. Everything he does, he shaved his head. In on, wait, hold on a second. He has a top bun in this picture. He does. So this is pre the head shave. We're gonna need. We're going to need a recreation post head shave. Um, he is. I just love that he is bringing all these messages with his very large career. Yeah, and large booty. I mean, I'm looking at the guy in the charter garment, <laughs> and I feel bad for him that he's not in a loincloth. Like, yeah. he doesn't look cool. Jason Momoa looks cool. Counterpoint, he gets to be on the boat with Jason Momoa. I don't know if he's... It, I, I don't know if he's I got the like, same I feel like you listen. should have been on that boat and not him. Listen, <laughs> I'll drink the water. Oh, I, I will drink the water. I, I, It's true. And then I can't thank you enough for your time and your expertise and your knowledge and your, you know, background that you bring to all the things that you do. Um, because you're a big spoken, you know, out there figure, but you've got the goods to back it up. You've done your research. You've been around. You've done the homework. It's really fun. I've been on your feeder for as long as I can remember, and I was like, oh, my God, we're going to get to do the podcast with him? No way. This is so cool. So thank you, truly. Well, thank you. I just have to reflect back to you. As a fellow interviewer myself, you – excel so much at this art form because I think a lot of people approach it from the I'm going to ask a question and get an answer and the reason Drew why your clips continue to go viral on the internet is because of the enthusiasm that you bring to your interviews that both the audience and the person you're in conversation with feel you have an energy that you emanate that is not present in the television space at at this time and I think you, your pure love of celebrity and pop culture and culture and Ina Garten and all of these things, like your that enthusiasm, we all feel it. And so I think that you obviously have excelled at acting your whole life, but this career venture has been a true like knockout. Well, I can die happy that <laughs> this has been Drew's news, and uh, I don't know if maybe you're looking for a revelation to set you on the second half of your life on a better path than the first half was spent, then maybe tell somebody about this podcast. Or if you just want to escape into, you know, stories that take you away from yourself because you're so sick of yourself, then you can listen to this podcast. And if you just want to hear about weird things happening in the world, we'll look no further or hear no further. We're here for you. Totally. And if you are desperate for someone to see you and take another road into who you are, well, then we're here for that, too. We see you. And thank you so much for spending your time with us because all of this at the end of the day is really for you. And so please take it with you. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to the Drew Barrymore Show podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Or you can listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. 
Before you go, tell us about yourself by completing a short survey at Wondery.com survey. A story of betrayal you would struggle to believe if it wasn't true. Listen to Blood is Thicker, the Hargan family killings early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcast.